0: Hello, and welcome back to my depressing shit life. Um, Yeah, I'm Chloe, your host, and you're you're a listener. Congratulations, you have the easiest job. Um, Although I don't know how easy it is, um, because listening to myself through my headphones while I talk is so crushingly painful um <laughs> i can't imagine you doing it uh, willfully when i struggle to do it and i have to so that i know that the feed's recording um so yeah um thanks for joining me if you've uh listened to the podcast before you'll know you'll know what's up essentially thanks for coming back you're you're a real joy to have around. This is the first time listening. I apologize in advance because it's not great. It's just, it's just me, just rambling, um, talking about dog shit. Um, if this is your, if you are coming back, um, you may have noticed that I was absent last week because, um. Yeah, I had a bit of a break. Um which wasn't ideal. I was just I wasn't in a good place and I couldn't muster up the energy to sit down and record. Um everything just felt a bit numb. So, uh instead, I watched I watched some terrible movies. Um spent some time on my own. Uh yeah. That's kind of it. Like a, I don't know. Like, I figured out that I was depressed. Like that's not to say I'm not in a constant state of depression because I am. But as with everyone who suffers from depression, you have peaks and flows. Um last week I I figured out that I was having a a low and um I don't know how other people do this, but like for me personally, uh, I start to get um, hints of where my mental state as uh, where my mental state is based on um, the space around me. So what that means is if I find myself less and less inclined to get up off the sofa, and take my dishes to the kitchen or to pick stuff up and put it in the bin once I'm finished with it. Um, (laughs) I know that something's going on. And um, yeah, like I had a bit of a realization last Monday when um, I figured out that most of the floor (laughs) in my living room slash office was covered in empty bottles. Nothing untoward. I don't drink when I'm at home, on my own. Um, It's just like Pepsi Max and empty water bottles, and um, yeah, um, all that fun stuff. (laughs) Like, uh, so when I when I noticed that, I normally have one of two reactions. The first one being, like, just acknowledge that I'm having a low point try to figure out what triggered it and if it's still occurring um, and then give myself two or three days to just um, do nothing Um, essentially let my, my mind and body reset and then give me the opportunity to just I don't know figure out what I want to do moving forward how to address it or Um, I I forego that part of it and then just tell myself, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to clean my flat and I'm going to make it represent how I feel now. And, um, yeah, last week I had a bit of a clean, but not as deep clean as I normally do. Excuse me, that was a yawn. Um, So, yeah, I... I got rid of all the bottles. I did my dishes Um I didn't touch my bedroom. Uh, that's just got loads of clothes on the floor. Um, like I, I don't eat a lot in my room anymore. <laughs> um, there was a point at the beginning of like the whole pandemic where I would literally just spend all my time in my bedroom and that's when, uh, like many people uh, my depression hit real bad um, I gained a load of weight lost a load of money to Deliveroo and Uber Eats and um, have <laughs> spent the past 12 months trying to work off <laughs> all that food I ate um, good times good times uh, <laughs> oh, five minutes in and we're we're, we're, we're really, we're, we're doing it. We're, <laughs> we're, we're really, we're really pushing, we're pushing the boundaries of what life can be. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, what have I done? What's, what's been going on in my life for the past couple of weeks? Uh, not much, not much at all, really. Um, Not the weekend gone, but the weekend before. I went down to Southampton to help out my friend. Um, She's having problems. So I said that I would go and stay with her and cover her classes. So that she could um, rest up. Not have to worry about stuff. Um, Which was cool. uh, Apart from the fact that I forgot. Some of the details of what I was teaching, which was annoying. Like, I don't know uh, where I haven't really been doing a lot of jujitsu recently. Um, I'm experiencing a little bit of brain fog when it comes to the finer details. So, um, yeah, my friend stepped in and helped me with a couple of details that I'd missed. So that was that was good. <laughs> that was good. It meant that no one. Uh, missed out on knowledge because I was a simpleton, um, and yeah, like it was fun. We had a we had a a good time. Uh, once once that was done, we I took my friend to a meeting uh, that she was supposed to attend um, for. I think it was her daughter's diving club um and it was fucking crazy like (laughs) oh my god so i drive to the pool and as we get there and start looking for a space to park um there's there's a kerfuffle there's a a what's it called a fracas? a fracas a (laughs) fracar how how does it go I, have, uh, I don't know um one of those two there was a, a tiny polish man uh, i say polish i don't know if he was polish for sure i know that he was eastern european um and he was cutting out this uh this lady who was um a little bit taller and definitely not intimidated by him <laughs> which i found hilarious and, um, like he was really going off. Um, so as we were driving past, he was getting all up in her face. So I slowed down and, um, just as we were driving past, the dude's like wife came flying out of nowhere and like really pushed this woman. And, um, that's when Joe jumped out of the car and like, got involved and just made sure that she was present so that nothing escalated further and then uh, I went and parked the car and did the same thing essentially, Uh, went to join them Uh, Joe had to go I stayed to make sure that nothing terrible happened so um, and it was it was so ridiculous the whole situation was an utter farce so initially when everything happened and kicked off like there was a scream there was like a shouting match he was shouting at this woman this woman was trying to talk to him as best as possible but he wouldn't fucking shut up and um, uh, after she was physically assaulted the woman called the police to get involved the police told her that um, they would be there shortly they had a couple of um, they had a couple of uh people uh like support officers in the area so it wouldn't be long fun good times that that can't mean that we're going to be waiting any more than 10 minutes 15 at the most surely surely not so uh we make sure that the guy sticks around he's more than happy to stick around so that he can argue with the police as well um his partner disappears <laughs> ridiculously enough as well that's fun um, and yeah it was it was such a weird thing like I ended up chatting to this woman for an hour and like figure it finding out all these really cool facts about uh, where she grew up and um, her time in the UK all of this cool stuff and uh, like half an hour 40 minutes goes by no sign of the police so she calls them back they say that there's someone on the way they'll be there shortly again so she says fine hangs up again we, we continue talking this little eastern european man stays angry this whole time he's literally huffing and puffing walking around um, walking around the car park and stamping his little feet <laughs> bless his little heart and, um yeah, like, another 10 minutes, 15 minutes go by. It's been over an hour since the altercation took place. Still no sign of the police. So she calls them back. And, um like, they start saying um, they never said they were going to send anyone out. Uh, don't know what she's talking about. And, like, it was, like... Properly suspect the whole fucking time. Because, like, the way they were talking to this woman, because she had a bit of an accent, I was... <sighs> oh, it's so fucking upsetting. So this woman was essentially assaulted. Uh, she talked through what happened on the initial phone call. Essentially said that this guy was moaning that she hit his car with her car door when she opened it. And then... Um, like just got in her face about it. She asked him, Is there any damage? No there wasn't, but I didn't stop him from getting in her face and screaming at her. And um and, and like because she was talking about the car door, they'd just put that down on the police report. No mention of an assault at all, despite that being the first thing that was discussed. <laughs> so, like, when we call When she called back the second time, the officer who responded was like, oh, so this is about a car door. And um, I took the phone from her and I got quite irate (laughs) to the officer in charge. was like, excuse me, but no, this is about an assault. And then, um, lo and behold, the officer started listening to me and actually took notes down and progressed the call a little bit more. He said they couldn't send anyone out because um, something more, something more pressing had uh, come up, which is fucking bullshit. <laughs> and it's just like, like, does anybody wonder why assaults, sexual assault, uh, like rape in general are underreported in this country when Like, nothing's taken overtly seriously by the police. And even if it is taken seriously, there's no guarantee that there's going to be any charges actually levied against the person. There's no guarantee that they're going to be convicted at the end of it. And even if they are convicted, you'll you'll likely spend less time in prison for rape than you are in the state of Texas if you get an abortion. Like... Honestly, the world doesn't make fucking sense. A man can take away a woman's sense of safety for the rest of her life and is not affected in the least. And what? Uh, a guy shouldn't have to suffer through the the negative inference that's placed on his permanent record till the end of time because of it? Uh, that's got nothing to do with what we actually experienced, it's just something that frustrates me, so I apologise I'm getting I'm getting on my high horse it's very high um, which sucks because I'm scared of heights <laughs> oh my god can you imagine, this is why I don't like people placing me on a pedestal ugh, ugh. keep me at ground level I'm literally dirt like, no one should look up to me. <sighs> so yeah, that was some some fun drama for a, a Saturday afternoon. It ruined that woman's whole day. Um what else did we do on Saturday? Um hmm. My memory is bloody awful. Um Like I can't remember a lot of last weekend. I know I ended up going home on Sunday early so I was at home by about 3 p.m. because I need some time to recharge after I'm with people for an extended period of time. Um, I don't know, Everything, um, everything just takes energy. And I don't really have a lot of it at the moment. I'm not recharging as quickly as I have previously. Probably because of the depression, um, if I'm honest. But, like... I think I discussed this in the last episode. Like, just my... um, My social stamina, let's call it. (laughs) Like, it's depleting so quickly. And, like, I can stay pleasant for... Probably a few hours, and then I have to, um, have to rejuvenate somehow by spending some time alone. Um, but like last Sunday, I think I stayed in. I watched a movie. I started watching Bob's Burgers, which is really cool. Um, <laughs> it always makes me laugh. Um, John Benjamin. I think that's his name. The guy who does the voice of Bob, but he's also like the voice of um, Archer, and Oh, who else is he? He's like the store clerk in Family Guy, and was he in was he in Rick and Morty? Hmm. I don't know if any of that came through on the microphone there. This bloody thing. Um. But yeah like and uh like Wendy Shaw, I think her name is Wendy Shaw, um she plays uh Louise, who is fucking hilarious, <laughs> she's like uh she's like the stewie slash Cartman character of the family, like she's a little bit sociopathic, <laughs> but um she's funny about it, she's the youngest child, um. You've got Tina, the socially awkward teen <laughs> who is just so um I wanted to say macabre, but she's not like she's just very um like low spoken. Um she's like uh <laughs> she's just become a teenager so she's like um uh, a little bit highly sexed but not but not in a sexual way, if that makes sense. She's just a little... She's a little bit pervy. <laughs> just... Just a little bit pervy. <sighs> Sorry, I had to have a... A sip of drink. Because... My throat hurts. Um... It's crazy. My throat hasn't recovered... Since... Since I was last... Uh... on the podcast. Um... I don't know why. I think it might be the um, the vast amounts of time between actually speaking. Because <laughs> if I can get away with not talking to anyone in the day, I think I've um, I've done I've done myself proud. Because um, I don't like speaking to people. It hurts my feelings. Um, so yeah. What did I do? I watched some really fun movies. <laughs> like some actual terrible movies that I will get into Um I think I I'm going to discuss one in more detail than the others Um but like mm. oh oh that was about um yeah we'll come on to that later it's fine um so what did I do last week Monday, I was gonna record a podcast, but I was too sad. Uh, Tuesday, I was gonna go to jujitsu, but I was too sad. Wednesday, I went to the gym and did my um, my PT with my coach Haley, and <laughs> and I literally couldn't walk for four days. Um, we didn't even do that much, which just goes to show how quickly my body regresses if I'm not exercising like super regularly which sucks so fucking hard um I don't know it was probably about a year probably about 10 months ago um I was going to the gym every day um and just like doing the same workout every morning I started to feel like uh, a bit fitter stronger um just, just good about myself. I lost a load of weight as well. I think I lost about ten kilos, um, most of which has stayed off, which I'm, I'm pretty chuffed about. Um, my weight's slowly creeping up again, which I'm not keen on. So I need to get back into the gym, but it's, uh, it's just finding the time now because my, um, my sleep schedule's gone out the window again, and I'm not going to bed or to sleep till like two three o'clock in the morning so that means i can't wake up at five to go to the gym which is upsetting but yeah i need to figure it out because i can't i can't keep going the way i am (laughs) i hate myself so much and i keep telling myself just once once i want to feel good about my body i want to get down to um a weight that i'm happy and comfortable with i'm gonna take like a set of photos to say this is you when you put your mind to something, put them up on my wall and then I can get back to just eating regularly and doing nominal exercise rather than like all of the exercise, you know. Um, but yeah, so far that hasn't happened. And I don't know if that's because I made this wild agreement with one of my friends where I said that she would... She could take me underwear shopping if I ever got to my uh, preferred weight or my... not. I don't like to use the term ideal because I don't have an ideal weight. I have preferred um, weight, which I don't know. If, if I get to it, I get to it. If I don't, it's not the end of the world. Um... But I don't know how comfortable I am having someone see me uh, in the semi-nude. So that's a bit weird. (laughs) Um, But she's lovely anyway. And she'll just be excited that I'm doing something with her, (laughs) to be completely honest. Um, So that's fun. Uh, But yeah, like, I don't know. I have so many issues with my body. And they all stem from just... Growing up (laughs) That's it They all stem from just growing up (laughs) Oh my fucking god Um No Like obviously they stem from Like growing up Uh with dysphoria Um Like since I've started Making change since I never. Uh, technically I started to make changes to my body when I started introducing um, like hormone replacement and all of that fun stuff and I've since had uh, surgeries and stuff to um, to fix some of the mistakes that um, I was born with and I don't know like in the what 25 25 24, 25 year interval where I didn't know who I was I didn't know like how to do like how to be myself essentially um, that's where I started to develop like some uh, disassociative thoughts and feelings towards my body um, and now it's just uh. It's just trauma that sits under the surface. <laughs> um, I have like so a small, like a smattering of uh, body dysmorphia now. So uh, technically I don't see what everybody else sees and um, like in certain places of my body. So if I see my reflection, um, much like everyone, really, like when you look in the mirror, there are things that your eye is drawn to because they're the things that you're self-conscious about or the things that you are happy with and proud of. Um, for me, uh, I've always had a negative inference. So I'm my eye is always driven to the things that I, I don't particularly enjoy about myself. So I obsess on them if I look in the mirror for too long. Um, which is why I don't really have mirrors in my house. I have one mirror, it's in my bathroom, and it's so that, um, I can make sure that, uh, I don't have hair all over my face, um, after I shave, so that's fun. Um, I do have a second mirror, now that I think about it. It is a hand mirror, which I use to dilate. um... um, which is ironic because, like, for ages I've wanted to die soon, you know? Um, (sighs) We could talk about this. Um, I might have to add a quick trigger warning. Um, Okay, in the next minute or so, I'm going to start talking about, like, an, an existential crisis that I've had in the last maybe two one two weeks um around thoughts and feelings around uh death in general so if this is something that's gonna cause you panic um i don't know i might have to add something in here to tell you when it's over and <laughs> i don't know i don't know oh, isn't oh, can i can i do that um Am I that good an editor that you can <laughs> I can put in an evergreen plate to say, "Skip to this time. <laughs> okay, I'll put that in. So if you have uh, issues with people talking about existential dread or uh, you're not comfortable listening to people talk about uh, death and things, then uh, fast forward to. 52 minutes sorry guys it's a fucking long one that was me being silent for 10 seconds so that I could have a big empty gap that I could see at a high level <laughs> before uh, while I'm editing so that I can actually put in a time just there so yeah let's, let's do it so I've been watching um, some YouTube videos uh, with a gentleman whose name currently escaped me but it went for long Uh, Green is not Nick I think I spoke about him last week or did I Um, (laughs) and he he released a video recently talking about uh, death and like I, ha- I don't really talk to people about this a lot um, I have spoken about it before to a few friends but only so that like there are a couple of people who are aware of my situation um, one second I'm just going to have another swig of a drink okay I think I'm ready <laughs> I'm ready to talk so like a little while ago I had um a bit of an existential crisis where I was so focused on like what happens after death um Like, religiously, personally, uh, I class myself as agnostic. Um, I was raised Roman Catholic, so obviously I'm not a religious person right now. Um, But, like, the idea of. Well, this is. Okay, so the reason I define myself as agnostic is because I, I like the idea of faith and all of the positive things that faith can do for an individual. What I don't enjoy is the dogma that comes with it and um, the people within those uh, religious structures that try to control people within the faith, uh, above and beyond what their remit should be. Like, faith is great, when you use it as uh, a tool to improve your life Um, if it gives you certain beliefs that raise your consciousness, your empathy your, um, your general appreciation for the world around you, that's amazing that's great, but if you're doing it to make people feel shit about who they are or try to force them to change and live ...a life that doesn't fit who they are... ...then you're a piece of shit. And that's what I've never understood or enjoyed about religions. Um, So... ...when it comes to death... ...I'm in... ...I'm in a quandary... ...because I don't believe, necessarily... ...in an afterlife. And... ...when he was talking about his... ...existential crisis um like i started asking myself the same co- the same questions again uh not necessarily about what happens to you when you die but how crazy uh the idea of consciousness is and like what happens when your physical body breaks down like ooh. That was a bit of a bup, I apologise. Right. <laughs> like, so... When it comes to, to death itself, it's not something that I'm necessarily scared of. It's not something that... Um, it's not something that makes me afraid to live my life. Um, because I see... like personally this isn't going to be the same for everyone but I see death as a get out of jail free card um like as someone who's had suicidal thoughts since they were 18 um I'm very comfortable with my mortality um like I tried to kill myself when I was 21 21 or 22 around that around that age um like I took a load of pills and it didn't stick. And um like a, a few things happened after that. Like I, I I can't say that I gained a deeper appreciation for for life because that's not what happened. I um uh, what I did uh what I did get was a deeper appreciation for um like, relationships in general. Whoops. Sorry, I keep knocking this wire. Again. <laughs> like, it's so weird, because the first thing I thought when I came to after taking this stupid cocktail of stuff um, had nothing to do with uh, the fact that I'd failed at the attempt. It was more geared towards uh, the people who cared about me in general like um at the time I was living with two of my best friends and like thinking back you know what I (laughs) sorry I'm gonna go off on a tangent a little bit um like I compare it a little bit to um forgive the language but wanker's remorse like it's it's the same kind of shame that you get at the end of a wank where you're like everything, nothing matters in that moment. And then after your orgasm, you're just left (laughs) in this like state where it's like, huh? Okay. So now I feel bad about myself again. Um, and this is back when I was living, um, as a male. So wankers remorse is definitely a real thing that, um, uh, and a real shameful thing that a lot of men experience <laughs> um because like like it's crazy testosterone's a hell of a drug <laughs> um it makes you do really like crazy things and makes you think really crazy thoughts and then as soon as you've um expelled the demons let's say um you start to like you get all of your logic and reason back (laughs) and then you can look back on like the last 15 to 20 minutes like, huh, I'm not okay. (laughs) Um, And yeah, that's how, that's kind of how I felt at the, like when I like woke up after my suicide attempt, like I remember waking up in like a a puddle of vomit and um, like my stomach hurt and i was really groggy for a little while my friends were away which is a good thing because it allowed me some time to like clean up and stuff um and like yeah just thinking about what they would have come home to um after they'd been away for the weekend like that would have fucked them up big time <laughs> like for ages and like that's the kind of trauma that you you're talking to people about for the rest of your life and i can't believe that i would have done that to them and then there's the trauma that would have been levied against my my parents and the rest of my family where they get a phone call telling them that uh like rather than reaching out to one of them, or speaking to someone professionally, or trying to figure out um, a way to remain. Like, I did that. Like, that really fucked me up for a little while. But it gave me a a, a deeper appreciation for my friends and for my family. And like, now, I I don't take... I don't take the people in my life for granted... At all... Um, The people I do have in my life... The the circle is relatively small... I don't... I don't enjoy making new friends... (laughs) Or do I... Like I like meeting new people... But... um, Only because I enjoy... um, Annoying people... (laughs) And, like, I know if I can annoy people uh, consistently and they don't get, like, super aggro about it, they're, they're the kind of people I want to keep in my life. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> oh, I'm the worst fucking person. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, so death, like... Ever since my attempt in my 20s, I've always, um, like that was the trigger for me to start um, looking at transition as a a strong alternative to how I was living. Um, But it didn't happen straight away because I met the person who would be my wife and then... Um, That progressed, and I decided to give, like, that life a go. And, like, obviously things didn't work out Um, as much as we loved each other at the end. She couldn't, uh, like, she wasn't gay, essentially. She's not attracted to women, and regardless of who I am and how... Well, we uh, are together or were together as a couple. Like, that's kind of something that she couldn't get over. And it's more than fair. <laughs> like, these were conversations we had at the very beginning. And it didn't work out. It sucks that it didn't work out. But I I was fortunate enough to have the love that I had for the time that I had it. Um, now, I don't know, like, I I don't really think about relationships in that kind of way. I've got too many issues with my body, I think, um, (laughs) so I don't know how I'd feel about another person being intimate with it, but, um, yeah, like, I don't know, since the, the suicide attempt, I've had, um, this rolling question every five years so uh, every like four or nine year four or nine to like when i was 24 when i was 29 when i was 34 i asked myself the same question and that is do i want another five years do i want to see what's gonna happen going forward and um, like that's my out when I think about death in general like for me like I said this is my get out of jail free card so if ever I'm in uh, a position in my life where like I don't know I'm immobile i I don't see my life being any kind of good in the foreseeable future or if circumstances are just too much or if I'm just not enjoying my life as much as I think I should be I have an out and I'm I'm fine with that and there are a few people in my life that I've had this discussion with and they're aware of the situation and as much as they wouldn't want me to leave they would no doubt want to talk me out of it if ever I made that decision. I've always said that um, what I would do is just have one last party and then, like, take my leave. That's it. They just wouldn't see me again. Um. So, yeah. But then when I actually think about death in general, like... I don't know the first time I had like the feelings of existential dread was when I was watching a movie called Moon with um oh my god I'm going to forget his name now mm. like I've got Justin Hammer in my head because that's who he plays in Iron Man 2 what the fuck is his name something rock no uh what's What the hell is your name? How can I forget your name? Rock. Rock, Yeah, Sam Rockwell. Such a fucking idiot. So there's this movie. It's called Moon. With Sam Rockwell. And he he essentially plays this guy who's maintaining a... uh, What's it called? Like a space station. And spoiler alert <laughs> um, like this space station is has been maintained by him for hundreds of years and every time something happens to him uh, that person goes and then there's a clone that replaces him it's it's freaky <laughs> and it was so good I loved the movie. Um, but at the start there was like a slow crawl like there is at the beginning of like Alien or Aliens one of the two and I don't know what caused the thoughts but like as the as the camera was panning in to the space station like you got to see the vastness of space around (laughs) like the space station and like I had the same feelings when um, what was it like Uh, Gravity or um, what was that movie with Ryan Reynolds and someone else where everyone was like it's like a prequel to Venom Um, oh my god I can't remember anything today Like, my head is literally all over the place (laughs) Um, I didn't sleep on Sunday night so my brain is it's still a little bit um, frazzled. Is it life? Yeah, life. Anyway, like seeing the vastness of space and then thinking about like just how kind of insignificant human life actually is uh, placed me in a, a sense of existential dread. So I didn't really enjoy the first like, 15, 20 minutes of that movie because that's all I was thinking about. <laughs> so it's like, what the fuck even are we? Um, we're like a speck of dust <laughs> in in the grandest like scheme of things. There's nothing that we do that will have any kind of impact on anything. So, um, like when I think about death, like my belief system has always been more around uh, Eastern cultures, like um thoughts of reincarnation and it's and that's more focused around um my experience of consciousness in general like whilst i understand that my body like my consciousness is tied to my body i don't think that oh this is going to sound so fucking weird like i have trouble believing that consciousness as it is is generated by your brain like it feels like there's something more to it which is why i i completely understand like the concept of the soul and um, because the soul isn't something that's like there it's when something else is injected into like an avatar which is what our bodies essentially are Little meat prisons that we're stuck in for, <laughs> for the time being. Um... <laughs> uh, sorry, I just remembered uh, a quote from The Good Place with <laughs> Ted Danson's, "Like life is a prison, birth is a curse." <laughs> <laughs> uh, makes me laugh so much. Um. So yeah, when I think about like death, like I think about things that kind of mimic death in the real life. Like I've had um, surgeries and stuff that have taken place under uh, general anaesthetic, general or local. Whichever one, like, they inject you with, and then you're just, boom, zonked out. Like, um, you don't have any dreams or anything like that because it just switches you off, essentially. And, like, I have no idea how a nihilist gets by, um, or is it Lutheran? Uh, one of those guys where they just believe that, like, you're dead, you're dead, that's it. Um, it's not... <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing else, like... Um, your body is just a meat sack and your consciousness is just a fleeting flicker of light I I can't believe that um, because uh, the dread that would come with it would uh, paralyse me so um, for me consciousness is something that um, jumps from one meat sack to another so that's why I um, I like the idea of reincarnation. Um, I don't know if I 100% agree with uh, how reincarnation takes place, like, based on, uh, I don't know, your morality as a person and, like, having to work your way back up to a human, which is a higher life form. Um, But then, like, that only... Again, that only really accounts for stuff that happens here on Earth. Like surely if consciousness is something that's transferable um it wouldn't be limited to a single space or time like it's not like your consciousness is going to be constricted by the same constraints that we are like we as a, a species can only see see into the past really uh because we have memories and a historical record and we're living in the present but the present becomes the past very very quickly uh we don't like see the future and stuff but um there's nothing to say that you couldn't be reincarnated in the 40s (laughs) there's nothing to say that you couldn't be reincarnated in another galaxy or another universe like (sighs) i don't know I think it would be really cool if you just got to live, like, the same life and you got to make little changes along the way, like, that would be pretty cool, like, you get one meat sack but that one meat sack goes on forever and ever and ever and like, whilst I'm this person now, would I still be this person if I made the same decisions I did as a child? Would I still be the same person if I were born with a disability? Would I still be the same person if I uh were born as were born as female like no one knows like life is so fickle <laughs> it'd be really cool to, to check those things out Um I realise I haven't really talked about death an awful lot it's more about the consequence of death <laughs> so I don't know if I should really I um, had a content warning now <laughs> I'll do it I'll just make him listen to the next episode. <laughs> um oh my god. We're at fifty minutes. Fifty-two minutes. Fuck. Fuck. Um yeah, I apologize for my ramble. Um what do I wanna do? What should I do people? What like you know- in <sighs> Let's, um, let's fucking bars, mate. <laughs> um, right, so, okay. Last week I watched a movie in preparation for, um, this episode last week, which didn't happen. So, um, it's not fresh in my mind, but it's still, it's still there, I'm pretty sure. Um, last week, I watched a little movie called Charlie's Angels. And, like, it's, uh, the, the 2019, 2018 version of Charlie's Angels. Um, the one that was uh, directed by Elizabeth Banks. Like, I don't know, like, technically, why it got as much hate as it did. Like, I do and I don't. Like, as someone who enjoys movies and someone who uh, just likes to be taken somewhere else for an hour and a half, two hours, like, this was a good movie. Like, in general, there were elements of the movie where I was like, uh. And, like, it's only, like, there are only small moments. Um, and it's mostly the fact that they made me cringe real hard, that they stand out. And it's, it's moments like um, that, do you remember that one scene, the one scene in Avengers Endgame where for no reason all of the women like formed like a like they linked arms on screen. It was like, ooh, look, it's just it's just the women. Like Yes, it's good to have representation on screen and um like the fact that they were able to take care of themselves as individuals. Um fucking brilliant. Absolutely yes. Like it should have been uh like present, but when, when it's displayed like that, like, a, it's a very, um, I don't know. It, it feels pandering like, Oh, look at what we're doing. We're giving a platform to these women. And it's like, it should kind of go without saying, you know, like women should have screen time. Um, I don't know why I took a, a long, a long break then, but like there are a few moments like that in uh, this Charlie's Angels movie, where it was like they would just be like, "Oh yeah, we're women," and like that was supposed to be enough to progress the story or something. I don't know, but saying that the The movie itself, despite those uh those scenes, was really good like Kristen Stewart, first and foremost, was fucking hilarious in this movie <laughs> and like um all I don't know I never know how to feel about naomi scott um don't hate me. <laughs> don't come at me for this but like Naomi Scott is she's a good actress and like she's been in some of my favorite movies which is crazy um, considering she hasn't really mm, she has been acting for a little while but like she got her like big break-ish around like 2017 I think uh, when she was cast as Kimberly in Power Rangers and like that's when she like popped up onto my radar um, because um, not that you would know it but I fucking love Power Rangers it's one of my favourite things on the planet um, I've got all the toys I've got comic books I've got games like Power Rangers uh, for me growing up was one of the biggest things in my life And that's continued into my adulthood because now I have an expendable income and I can actually get all of the stuff that I couldn't get as a kid. Um, So when they released a new movie (laughs) back in, like, 2017, I was so fucking down for it. And um, I loved the movie. Like, uh, it was critically panned, but it was still fucking dope. And I will never forget the first time I watched it with my brother in the cinema and they released the Zords... And they played the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers intro music and I got literal chills. (laughs) Like, I got goosebumps all over my body. Um, But again, in that movie, Naomi Scott, like, I never know how to take her. And, like, she's a good-looking woman. She's a capable actress. But... I don't know what it is that makes me go, huh? <laughs> uh, I feel really bad. Cause it just feels like I'm being overly critical or judgmental for no reason. But like she was good as Kimberly. She was great as princess Jasmine. She has one of the best songs in the, in the movie. And in this, like she, she played um, like a software engineer, And, like, completely believable as a software engineer. Um, She didn't play into tropes of, like, oh, I have to wear, like, big thick glasses and I have to be all sweaty and, like, disgusting. Like, no, she, she is who she is. And she played the role exactly how it should have been played as, like, a woman who still you know, has some self-respect, but she's also a software developer. I don't know. Like, tropes in movies really... (laughs) really get on my nerves. But, like... I don't have the same criticisms of Kristen Stewart or um, Ella Belinska, who was the other one. Um... I don't know. Like... Speaking of Ella Belinska, um she was fucking brilliant in the movie. She did most of her own stunts, I've read, and it shows. And she's just a fucking bad bitch. Like and watching her relationship with Sabina, who's played by Kristen Stewart, like evolve over the course of the movie is just so heartwarming and so so beautiful. <laughs> um and yeah, like it's a great movie. You should watch it. Give it a chance. And just forgive it some of the fucking nonsense bits that just go a little bit overboard with women can do stuff too. Because I think um, that was one of the main criticisms of the movie itself. Like, Elizabeth Banks really... Like, she really lent into, oh, men don't go to see uh, movies with female protagonists um which isn't necessarily true because Lara Croft Tomb Raider was a it was a box office success and like absolutely brilliant movie you have um Captain Marvel that was amazing um not to say that it didn't get its own criticisms because it did but like i don't know i was Reading a few um trivia pieces about um about the movie and like the thing that most people took um what's it called? The most umbrage with let's say umbrage because I can't think of another word was the fact that The marketing campaign around the movie was so solely focused on, like, women can do anything men can do. Blah, 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 blah. Like, focus on the task at hand, my guy. Like, just... Just advertise the movie. Don't make it an us and them thing. Because then you're forcing a divide where there doesn't need to be a divide. Like... If you want to show that women are just as capable as men, you produce the work and you present it as such. You don't lean into, oh, this is an all-female cast. You lean into, these are three extremely talented actresses all performing at a high level. Come watch. Like lean into the stunt work lean into the acting prowess don't make it all about like women can fire guns too Uh, it's so weird I liked uh, Drew Barrymore was an exec producer on this as well I think if my memory serves me correctly Um, I did all my research for this last week so I'm trying my best to remember (laughs) some of the stuff I wanted to talk about like, if you remember the, um, not the TV show, like the three movies that were made in like the early 2000s with um, Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, and um, Drew Barrymore, whose name I forgot despite saying it like three seconds earlier, like a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> like, in those movies, there was um, an actual mandate on the movies to say that they wouldn't fire guns. Like, they wouldn't solve their problems with guns, essentially. They wanted to showcase hand-to-hand combat and stuff. Which is fair. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think where only one of the, the actresses was an actual trained martial artist, it kind of highlighted the inadequacies of the the action sequences and like it relied too much on wire work which is why like for me personally those movies require a bit more of a sense of disbelief um, than this one because like the hand-to-hand combat is uh, it's quite tight and believable and they have capable uh, they have capable martial artists in the movies doing these things um that's a point i need to <laughs> i need to bring up uh, Jonathan Tucker who i actually love he's f- fucking brilliant he um he plays a guy called i think it's like Hodak or something Hodak let me just pull up his thing Hodak yeah plays a guy called Hodak who's like just the generic uh, silent bad guy through most of the movie Um, like he was fantastic and like if you're familiar with a TV show called Kingdom uh, he plays an MMA fighter in that who is extremely capable and that translates real well to this movie (laughs) so like, when he's having these hand-to-hand scuffles with uh, the protagonists, like, they're actually fighting. And, like like I said, Ella Belinska did most of her own stunts, and she's a very capable... Uh, I believe she's a boxer or something. Um, but you believe the work that they put in. So, Yeah. Like the movie's good, the movie's great, and if you haven't seen it, give it a chance. If you have seen it and you didn't enjoy it, give it a second chance. But just look at it through the lens of this is something that should be enjoyable, and there are going to be moments where you're like, "Ugh, <laughs> really," and that's fine. It happens, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't detract from the the rest of the movie. Surely, surely, people. <laughs> So yeah, that's Charlie's Angels. <laughs> um The other movie I watched was called Falcon Rising. It's a, a Michael Jai White movie, like one of his straight to uh DVD movies. Um which I love. Um Michael Jai White is an actual fucking hero, so um I don't care what really anyone says about him. Um because you know is Michael drive fucking white? Right? Um One thing I will say about Falcon Rising. Like it's it's just a traditional um like revenge uh like investigation action movie. He's an ex-Marine looking for the killer of his sister. Crazy. But there's this really fun scene at the beginning. <laughs> it's not fun, it's fucking terrible, but Uh, the beginning of the movie starts with him in his uh, apartment and he's got this handgun and he's got like uh, three shot glasses and then the shot glasses have zero, one or two bullets in them. It's fucking crazy. And then he does like an ip-dip-do nonsense and then he lands on them with two bullets. He loads the two bullets into this handgun, sticks it to his chin and then like he pulls the trigger and he's like Huh. Okay. <laughs> not today, I guess. Like, what? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? This is how the dude starts his day. <laughs> Does he do this every day? Like, he doesn't do it for the rest of the movie. Um, but has he done it every other day? Fuck knows. It's ridiculous. And then he goes to a, uh, like a store for more... Uh, what looks like Jack Daniels, but it's not Jack Daniels. It's like... Um, I don't know, not local, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, budget Jack Daniels. Like, uh, own brand. Anyway, like, uh, when he's in the store looking at, like, whether to get vodka or whiskey or something, like, these two guys come in to rob the store. This guy puts the shot, this shotgun to, the, to his back because he doesn't seem to understand the, um, like, the task at hand, which is, get on the fucking floor. <laughs> and, like, and Michael Jai White turns around and he's like, nah mate, just just fucking do one. <laughs> like, do what you want, but I'm I'm trying to figure out what I want to drink. And the guy gets pissed. And uh Michael Jai White grabs the guy's shotgun, he's like, You don't wanna shoot me there because that's just gonna get me in the stomach. And all it's gonna do is cause me to like scream a lot and be in pain. You wanna aim here and he gets like the nozzle of the gun and sticks it to his heart <laughs> and he's like but that's just going to cause like a big spray. I don't know if you want that. Um, what about here? And then like he sticks the the nozzle in his mouth and he's like, but what? That, that's just going to sever the, uh, like um, his central nervous system and it's going to cause him to shit his pants. So like, why not here? And then he sticks it against his head. He's like, it's going to be a big explosion. People are going to get really scared. And then like, the guy is understandably frazzled by this. <laughs> and then, like, when he doesn't do anything, he grabs the gun, kicks the dude in the face, uh, takes the gun, and then smashes the dude with it, and then chucks it on the floor. And he he says quite possibly the best line from a movie that I've ever heard ever, <laughs> which is, either shoot me or stop wasting my fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good fucking line, and it was executed to perfection. I loved it so much. Anyway, Falcon Rising is definitely a good watch too. If you're looking for something terrible and uh, nonsensical to watch one afternoon, definitely give it a go. Um where are we at? An hour ten. Fucking hell. Um, this one's a little longer, but as there was no episode last week, I'm giving you that little bit extra, you know. <laughs> I haven't really used the soundboard much this week. I apologize if that's why you come here. Um, I need to revamp it a little bit because there, are, there's stuff on here that I was like, yeah, that's really cool, but then like I don't really use like. I enjoy the Transformer noise, um, but, like, I don't really use it. Like, I do enjoy the Mario's one. <laughs> That's fun. I'll keep that. And how did I forget to use this? My guy. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that wasn't coming up on my huh that's weird i have to double check that um but yeah we've also got (laughs) hmm i'm going to quickly Right, so I've just figured out that my soundboard hasn't actually been recording this whole time. Uh, I'm not going to record this again. (laughs) I'm going to apologise. I'm going to need to figure out what I did that prevented this from happening. How frustrating. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You You don't even get to hear my fucking poop noises my favourite noise <coughs> I did that with my mouth and it sounded really wet and disgusting <laughs> uh, anyway um, it's been a pleasure speaking with you again um, if you enjoy the content I've got no idea why you would um, I'm so sorry <laughs> to, to put you through this <laughs> but um Yeah, thanks for fucking listening. You're the real MVP, my guy. Um, Again, like I I started posting uh, small clips on Instagram that garnered some uh, new views, which was fun. Um, All of the responses to those clips have been from bots, which has been confusing, but I don't know. Fine, I guess. <laughs> like all news is good news, I suppose, or some other meaningless platitude, which I have mistaken that for <laughs> um right, yeah, there are a couple of things that I was supposed to talk about, but I haven't talked about, but now we're 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 getting up to like one fifteen this is it's so long. oh, oh, I'm gonna have to do a real short episode next week um so anyway right now I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna leave you Um I've got a big week coming up I'm going to Scotland this weekend so I'll, I might record an episode on Sunday ish if I get home in time I don't know I might get home like 10 but I've got Monday off so I might record two episodes who knows um, but yeah thanks for listening um it's been a real pleasure talking and also just fucking thank you in general like i struggle a lot with my mental health in general and like just talking like this to no one or to whoever's listening is really beneficial for me because it allows me to externalize my feelings um and just getting them out is better than storing them in so yeah um thanks again i'm gonna keep rambling i suppose but um yeah cheers see you next week i love you and goodbye